rules out there. Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom. It's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Ring Scoops Podcast with your host, Wee Needham. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com. The webmaster Wade Needham here, and I've got two special guests on tonight's episode. We go way back, well over a decade, all of us here, uh, especially these two men. They go back way further than that. They've got a plethora of knowledge in the Southern California independent wrestling scene. My good friends, Rob and Ron, how are you guys doing? I'm all right. Wade, how are you? Doing all right. How about Doing you, good. Wait, how's things going, Ron? How things? Good. So, before we started recording, we were kind of BSing with each other and uh, got to talking about WrestleMania, which is going to be in our area here in Southern California. So, well, the big question yep, I want to yep. kick off with you guys are you guys going to WrestleMania? We most certainly are. And we've got two of our best friends in the world heading out. We did the same group for. Royal Rumble back in 19, and this is going to be Rob's first WrestleMania and the rest of our second. Yep, yep. Wow. Yeah, That's I'm really awesome. looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be an exciting night. What, um, of, the, of the matches that are like announced or rumored, which ones are you guys looking forward to the most so far? Oh, come on. Brock Lesnar, Omos, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, honestly, I'm curious to see how they get to the tag title match and even – even though it's kind of a feeling of how the main event's going to go, it is going to be an incredibly emotional finish if Cody realizes his dream. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you say the tag team title match, I'm assuming that you mean the Usos and not the rumored Ronda Rousey. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, this, I'm, I'm very curious to see how they get to the Usos and Sammy and KO, if that's indeed the route they're still going. <laughs> yeah. Everything I've seen, that's still the planned route. You know, it, it, it's just... I don't know how they're going to get to Jay and and Sammy not liking each other because they lost their opportunity in my eyes at the Rumble. And then you got and then you got KO and how KO and Sammy reunite. Seems like that should have been an elimination chamber, but here we are. Yeah, that's that's true. It's I don't know. It's um the, either they got something really good up their sleeve or they did book themselves in a corner here going into the biggest show of the year. But that but that said, I. I can't take away from the fact that what went from what was supposed to be, I believe, what, what three, four-week little guest star stint turned into the hottest star in wrestling. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely, I mean, he's, Sammy's definitely a made man now. He most definitely is. And I think, you know, once they get that belt off of Roman and they actually split those titles up again, there's definitely a world title run in, in Sammy's future. You know, it just, it's not foreseeable. I mean, let's be honest, you know, when Roman says he's in God mode, reality is he is. I mean, there's nobody, and realistically, when you put weights and measures to it, that should beat Roman, except for the likes of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, 
I mean, or the rock the reality. Yeah. Or the rock. And the, the thing of it is, and I think one of the best um, ways to measure just how good Sammy is, is literally a year ago, at WrestleMania, when we were watching and we were doing a chat with our buddies and my one buddy art made very clear he could not stand Sammy, and he was so pissed off about the Sammy and Johnny Knoxville match last year. He's like, this was crap. What is this idiot doing? Here we reach the Royal Rumble. Art is a huge Sammy fan. He is 100% bought in, and that's purely on Sammy's talent. That's awesome. That's that's a testament right there of how good of a job they did, not only with the storyline, but being able to elevate Sammy Zayn and to get people behind him, and that's that's a lost art nowadays. Well, most definitely, most definitely, you don't you don't see the old the old storytelling, you know, and and that's that's the nice thing is you know this was a nine month buildup, and and it was beautiful because you never knew what was going to happen. I mean, come on, during during the tribal court, nobody wanted Sammy out of the bloodline, and fast forward a week later, what's happening? The roof blows off the place when he freaking turns on Roman. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And I mean, and the beautiful thing is it's not old school TNA booking. Like when you had the god awful, how long was it? Two year buildup to put the Voodoo Kin Mafia back together again. Oh dear God. <laughs> I mean, come on. And it's, yeah. it's it's certainly not the year plus pissing away the hottest angle in wrestling just to have Hogan's ego kill the biggest show of the year by having Nick Patrick count a perfectly normal one, two, three. Wait, it was a pass count. Uh, in what universe? <laughs> and all Sting's momentum for that whole year pissed away in a moment. Somebody just watched the A&E NWO biography. I actually have not seen it. It's just <laughs> honestly been my feeling since that day. It's like, no. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we the three of us were fortunate enough to actually live through that time. There's a lot of wrestling fans today that weren't even born when they did yeah. that program of Sting. And uh, I feel like we've been spoiled growing up. The the wrestling that we got to see on Monday nights and uh, you know, on the weekends and whatnot. It was just fantastic stuff back in the nineties. Oh, even going further back to that, when I first fell in love with wrestling, honestly, and Rob makes fun of me for it, and our other friend Chris makes fun of me for it, but Rick Flair made me fall in love with the art of wrestling because he could do it all and didn't matter who he was with. He could piss you off like no other. Yeah. 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 That's true. But this is also a guy that was in love with the red rooster. Oh, <laughs> here's the thing. And Chris, Chris will agree with me. Taylor was talented and having listened to, um, to something to wrestle with. The truth is, and Bruce is right. Taylor had the talent. If he had bought in and taken that a different way, it would have worked. But yes, that 100% killed his career. There's no debating that. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, he could have been the Red Rooster without having to do the little, the Mohawk and things like that. Yeah. I mean, the way they went with that was just ridiculous. Did they ever explain like how they came up with the name, the Red Rooster, for him? Yes, they actually did. I don't know if you, um, Bruce talks about it in. Um, something to wrestle with. The way it was designed was Vince came up with it to take off on the fact that Terry had a bit of an ego that he strutted around like he was <laughs> was and I, I don't know I'm 
if we're allowed to be colorful or not on this, but yeah, go for it. Okay, he, he, yeah, he, the story was that Terry would strut around like he was king shit of king of shit mountain, so <laughs> like he was the talk of the walk. So they came up with the red rooster, meaning that he was puffed out and like that, and somehow he translated that to think, oh, I have to be an actual rooster, right? <laughs> yeah, not so much. I love Vince's thought process, like like when Stone Cold came up with you know the idea for Stone Cold, and they were like coming up with characters of you know Chili McFreeze yeah. and yep. yeah, you know stuff like that. Vince's thought process is nuts. Or one of my favorite ones, the rumors that they talked about years ago was how he wanted to put a blue dot on Christian's head. Yes. Oh, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> Yeah, I guess Vince got a wild hair up his ass and was like, you know, I don't like Christian's face. We should cover it with a blue dot every time he comes out. And they're like, Vince, oh, we can't so do that. Funny. That is so funny. Oh, and, then I, and I seem to remember was, um, reading his autobiography. Didn't Edge say he was originally supposed to be a mute? No, I, that's I, news to me, but that's yeah, funny as hell. <laughs> but, I mean, it would make sense considering, you know, the dark gothic gimmick when he first came in. Yeah. You know, he could have been that quiet bad boy type thing, you know. Well, it makes sense. You think about when Christian came in, he didn't talk for like a whole year. No. He was the man. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And then they broke from the Ministry of Darkness and their whole push got pissed away because they let Gangrel talk. And that was the (laughs) end of that. Oh man, Gangrel! What a talent he was too. And you know, back then they were going to bring in Tom Howard from UPW to be his brother, and they were going to make them a tag team. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Back in the day, in the '90s and late early 2000s, did you guys ever listen to a show called Squared Circle with the Shadow Man? Um, You know. I don't ever listen to. The, I never listened to the show, but if I'm not mistaken, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, he would show up at the EWF every once in a while. Yes, in the late '90s. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and we lost a lot of interest because he had told us at one of the events that the they were going to create a new four horsemen. And the new four horsemen, I can't remember who the guys were, except for one guy I do remember, because nobody understands me when I say this, one of my favorite wrestlers at the time was Ludwig Borga. Oh, gosh, you had such a hard on for Ludwig yes. Borga. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and, and, but he, oh, to, to and, tell the second part of that story, though, Rob's well, heart was broken. Yes. When back in the day, after he'd been released, um, Jesse booked Ludwig Borga for an EWF show. Wow. And so yeah. Rob's all excited and he's going up to meet his hero. And no lie, Ludwig was a complete asshole to him. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, he like literally, like, I told him I was his biggest fan and everything. And he like basically looked at me. I know he called me a mark in his head before Mark was being anything and he like basically told me to go fuck myself you know it uh i was so heartbroken you know but then shortly after that he actually died yeah so oh shit wow yeah Yeah. but ludwig borger was actually supposed to be the enforcer type for this new four horsemen that the shadows swore about and (laughs) like i said i can't remember who the other three guys were but 
it was the people he claimed it was going to be a decent horseman. But the funny part is none of the original horsemen were going to have anything to do with it. Like even Ric Flair wasn't even going to be the manager. Wow. Yeah. It, it was really off the wall. It was like, you know, I, so that's where I, I really lost it because we would actually call his phone number. Yeah. Back when, you know, back when those were a thing. You know, it was a free number. Thank God. You know, I didn't have to worry about my my parents kicking my ass and calling this nine hundred <laughs> number. Oh, I, I nearly got mur- I nearly got murdered for spending way too much money on Captain Lou's wrestling line, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, yeah did win a pretty cool jacket, but that's a story for another day. Oh, right on. Yeah, I miss I miss stuff like that, man. We had the the hotlines, the radio shows, all that stuff. You know, um, Shadow Man, ironically, Shadow Man is the reason why I'm doing podcasts. He's the one that got me really interested in that. My three biggest influences, Shadow Man, Ed Till, who did uh, 97.1 FM talk station when back when it was still a a talk station. And then Howard Stern. And, I, man, I would listen to Shadow Man every week. And it's funny. I have a similar story um, about like what you guys were talking about Ludwig Borga and the, the horsemen, the, all that stuff that shadow came up with. And I think it was like in somewhere in like uh, late 98, early 99 shadow man on a show was talking about how they were going to WWF was going to bring Chris Jericho in and team him up with Shawn Michaels and make the new rockers. And I, even <laughs> then at 15 years old, I was like, this is, this guy's full of shit, man. They're not going to team up Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. You know, wasn't wasn't he the guy that claimed they were going to bring um, Jericho in as Excalibur as part of DX? Is that the same guy? Um, I I, I don't know. I, uh, I haven't yeah. heard that one before. Uh, but yeah, back when everybody was trying to guess how Jericho was going to appear after he signed for a while, he was going to be part of DX and all sorts of shit going yeah. around. And then WWF.com in June posted Jericho taking a tour of the headquarters, and that kind of shut down a lot of rumors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, good times. Yep. Um, Ron, yes. uh, everybody watching or everybody that's listening to this don't don't know this, but we got we got cams going. We can see each other, and Ron has an interesting shirt on. It's an SWO shirt. Um, can you explain what's SWO? Sure. So what SWO is? is this was a takeoff when we were going to EWF all the time. Obviously, the NWO is the biggest thing in wrestling, and we were really good friends with the late incredibly great Louis Spicoli. And so we'd gotten to know him. Um, he was doing EWF, but we would also talk to him back when the WWF would run um, in the Orange Show when he was a jobber and also when he was doing the Rad Ratford gimmick. He would only... Hey, hold on. Louis was never a jobber. Take that back. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But, and he, but he was an enhancement at one point when he was going by his own name. And then when he was Rad Radford, at the Orange Show, he literally pointed at us because we were the four people in the crowd that were literally, when Rad Radford was coming to the ring, chanting, Louie, Louie. <laughs> and anyway, so we came up with the idea of the Spicoli World Order because Louie was the one guy, the classic AWF, that we could never figure out why would never get a world title shot. Yeah, never. Wow. And yeah, for, what, for whatever reason, the god-awful Gary the Crusher Key had a stranglehold on that thing. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's a big man right there, too. He was, yep. but in my personal opinion, couldn't wrestle his way out of what paper bag, but that's neither here nor there. 
Wow. All right. Sp- Spicoli World Order. You yeah, know, to this so- day, every time I do commentary and somebody does the Death Valley Driver, I never call it that. Call it Sp- Spicoli Driver. Spicoli Driver. He gave birth to it. Yep. Yeah, and it was really cool too because you know we were we were really close too with Jesse and um, Jesse Hernandez with the EWF, and we were actually able to, after many years of Louis passing, we were able to get Jesse to finally do a Louis Spicoli tribute show. And yeah, and it was really nice because, you know, we got to meet Louis' sister. And, you know, and one of the good things about that is actually I'm still really good friends with her now today because of that. Um, And then, you know, Chris Masters was there and so was Rob Van Dam. And it was nice. So we actually had quite a few of the, the SWO shirts made. I think we had like six or seven made in total. And so they're very rare. So it's really nice. So on the front, you know, you got the SWO and then on the back is an actual picture of Louis Spicoli with um, his birth date and his anniversary date or his his death date. So we actually had the privilege of giving a shirt to Jesse Hernandez and Cincinnati Red and Louis' really close friend, Rob Van Dam. Wow. and, And that was the thing. Jesse didn't tell us this until later. RVD didn't charge for pictures. He didn't charge Jesse an appearance fee. He came for Louis. Wow. That's and he awesome. brought Masters because Masters was his boy. Yeah, and it was awesome, too, because the, the main event was actually um, the KOS at the time, which was Mondo and Tim Lovato and Brandon Parker versus um, Ryan Taylor and Chris Cadillac and Ray Rosas in a six-man tag for the uh, Louis Piccoli Memorial Trophy. Well, what was really cool is at the end of it, um, because I was very um, – inspirational with Jesse talking to him a lot and everything with the Louis tribute that all six wrestlers actually autographed the, uh, the poster, the picture for me and actually gave me the one and only uh, plaque. There hasn't been another one since. Wow. Yeah. That, that's incredible. Yeah. It was really, it was really cool. So and you guys, was, you guys have been going around the scene for a while. Talented guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we, it was such a actually, shame that the cruiserweights didn't really get the love they deserved in the EWF. Yeah. 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 We we've been around the actual wrestling, the independent wrestling scene, more like the EWF. Yeah. Shoot, since the uh, early 91, I think. Yeah, the, we've we've been doing it since it was Jesse Hernandez and Billy Anderson. And okay. they were pl- doing at the the Boys and Girls Club on uh, E Street. And then b- before they went to the Boys and Girls Club, what they ran at the um, whatever that little oh the um, old San Bernardino Sports Arena. Sports Arena. There you go. Yeah. Until they tore that down, then they moved yeah. to the Boys and Girls Club. And then after the Boys and Girls Club, they ran little bars and whatnot. They did a show where we saw um, a young Frankie Kazarian doing a test gimmick of all things. Oh, in wow. the El Patio Bar and Grill. <laughs> yeah, we got to see the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels with his original Fallen Angel gimmick before he even made it anywhere. When he had long Shawn Michaels hair and was kind of a Shawn Michaels ripoff and not what he became. So it, yeah. it's been a long time. 
I remember hearing about Christopher Daniels way back in the day in the mid to the late nineties and always wanted to know like what, what was all about Chris Daniels? Because at, at that time I was, I was, you know, too young. I could I didn't drive. Uh, my parents never took me to any of the shows. I learned about EWF back in 96, always wanted to see him. So when I first saw him in TNA, I was impressed, man. That guy, especially at that point really had it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, he he and oh gosh, he and Louie had such a great feud for a good what six months? Something something like that, yeah. Yeah. Nice, very nice. Did yeah. you guys ever get to see the expert Matt Sinister wrestle? I um, never got to see him wrestle, but I love the way he fucked with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he he and Mondo had way too much fun just giving you shit at any opportunity on on commentary. Yeah, yeah. No, Matt was, uh, I never got to see him wrestle in person, but working alongside him at the commentary table was, uh, that was a delight. That was definitely a treat. Uh, I've mentioned before, and I'll mention again until the end of the days, um, Matt Sinister was like an older brother to me in, in the wrestling business. You know, you get a family, you get a, a core group of guys you're in the trenches with. And Sinister was definitely like an older brother to me. He was, he, he meant that much. I, I welcomed him into my home. You know, and we hung out. We always talked, and I, I miss that guy so much. Yeah, you know he he was uh he he was he was definitely somebody that could have made it if he got the opportunity into the big times just as a commentator alone. Oh yeah, you know he he was so great, and you know he reminded me a lot of Bobby Heenan when Bobby Heenan was color commentary, you know, yeah. he was quick and witted. And I mean, as you know, we, I mean, we got to hear a lot of the commentary anytime we went to EWF because I always called him reserve my seat. We had our one seat that was right there by you guys. We got to hear everything all the time, you know, and, and yeah, Matt Sinister was definitely way just a high class guy. You know, and definitely deserved to move up if yeah. he ever got the chance. And yeah, he always struck me as kind of a hybrid of Jesse and he. And he had that knowledge, but he was quick-witted too. And um, a nice contrast to what you would get when Mondo was straight old-school heel. Mondo was an incredible commentator, and he would just bash the faces, and bash you in particular, anytime <laughs> yeah. you guys were on commentary together. And he did, and before you, he did that with um, our good friend Lalo Gonzalez, and just yeah. oh god, Mondo would fuck with anybody. Yeah, uh, Mondo, Mondo is incredible. Um, I'm going to be working with him pretty soon, hopefully in the West Coast Wrestling Company. Um, I'm going to be starting up with them uh, doing commentary next week, actually on on March 11th in Hemet at the Wheelhouse. Nice. Yeah, Mondo would be there, but he has other obligations. But in future dates, he and I may work together if everything works out well you know mondo is always i always believed it that now ryan taylor was great don't get me wrong i just think honestly if mondo had gotten the opportunity to move up to nxt with ryan and they would have used mondo as ryan's mouthpiece 
just had Mondo as a manager, oh my gosh, it would have been sky's the limit. We already know, and I mean, I've seen tweets, and Ron has seen tweets, I'm sure you have too. Triple H loved Ryan. Yeah. You know, he, he made no qualms about it. And we were lucky enough to see Mondo and, and Ryan together. We didn't get to see them. We didn't get to see them as the KOS, but we did get to see them as the Fallen Empire. Yes. Yeah. And, and and before that, we got to see the KOS. And good lord, the chemistry they had in that feud was just man. We also got to see the incredible Ryan Taylor and now LA Knight at the time, Sean Ricker, wrestle a world title match in a broken ring. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Half the ring collapsed, but. I'll be damned if Ryan and Ricker didn't find a way to still have a match in it. That was back in uh, 2011, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think I was uh, still doing the, the, the web streams for those. Yeah. I wasn't doing yes. official commentary. Yeah, yeah, that's when you and DA were first coming in. Good old DA, man. Yep. <laughs> he and I got into trouble so many times. We were not liked by anybody when we first came in. And, uh, you know, I, I don't blame them for that, but... <laughs> So you got, you got that in common with Mondo too, because Mondo is the heat magnet. He he makes no qualms about it because he's not yeah. afraid to speak his mind. Yeah, I mean, I I was somewhat the opposite of Mondo in in terms of I was a pushover. I let people walk over me like the first year and a half or so that I was in, but I grew my voice and uh, I did ruffle a lot of feathers, especially on my way out. And uh, I have no regrets for that because I don't take bullshit from anybody. So. That's good. That's good. And that, that unfortunately was a lot, at least for me, I can't speak for Rob, but that was a lot of the reason I lost my passion for the EWF is I felt the direction the booking was going in. It was too one dimensional. It wasn't, it was more a favorites game. If you played certain ways with the bookers, you would get featured, but incredibly talented guys like the Ligers of the world and the A-list, they would get ignored. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that as well. Um, if it, it was, uh, how can I put this? Uh, it was, uh, the kind of mentality that went around quite a bit was, uh, what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely. And, you know, heaven forbid a fan would go up to Jake or Jesse, but more Jake and pitch an idea. And I mean, l- Long story short, lo and behold, we we pitched an idea to him, to Jake, about Liger turning hill and joining the A-list. And not saying that they weren't already working on it, because they may have already been, you know, because we're fans. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, but we got blown off about it so many times, so many times. Jesse loved the idea. He's like, oh, but you need to talk to Jake. Share it with Jake. Share it with Jake. We would share it to Jake, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, then the I, I could have sworn the heel turn was at the end of Red's booking that got shut down by Jake. But I may have my timeline wrong. But, yeah, I remember Liker turned. He had his huge push with the North American belt, and then suddenly it was over, and he was forgotten. Yeah. Well, he kind of he got kind of got pushed out. It looks like not pushed out of the EWF, but back when they did the whole um, A list split. 
Yeah, and then, and then and that he, made me sad because I had to start booing Ryan or RJ. RJ, yeah, that's no. <laughs> oh gosh, There's something very notorious about us is if you're a face, you're a heel in my eyes. I don't know how many times I booed Chris Cadillac. Ooh, wow! And don't get me wrong, I booed the hell out of Ray Rosas too. Yeah. I used to make fun of him for the whole Ray Rosas. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? I, I, I'm a heel guy. I, I love the heels. You know, and you know, like prime example WWE. I cannot stand Drew McIntyre. Ah, oh, same here. But when he was the freaking Scottish psychopath with with uh, with uh, Dolph Ziggler, yeah. Oh, I freaking loved him. You know, you don't have to live up to the fans to be over. Especially ever since the NWO, the NWO, like they say all the time, they made it cool to be bad. Yep. You know, and I love the hills. I love the hills. That's why I loved Mondo Vega. We loved the KOS. We even had KOS shirts made. You wow. know, for <laughs> and that yeah, for that was when, like I said, back when it was Tim and Brandon and it was Mondo and, and it was Shandy. Well, Aiden Riley. Yeah. You know, it was it we loved the KOS. Oh, that that was such a great swerve when um Aiden pulled the whole Oh, I'm turning. I'm turning on Mondo. I'm going to join with Face Ryan, and not so much. <laughs> when she gave him the ball shot, we we were we popped like a mofo, and the rest of the crowd's like. <gasps> and I don't know if I'm sure you remember Wade at um the um Knights of Columbus. There was this one, and Mondo loved fucking with her. There was this one Mexican lady that anytime a heel would come, would be screaming at the top of her lungs in Spanish. I think I do remember. She had her grandson with her at yes, the time. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Oh, gosh. She hated Mondo, and Mondo loved <laughs> talking with her. Well, you know what was great about her grandson? I loved I loved him so much. There was even one time during the intermissions when all the wrestlers are signing stuff. He actually came up to me one time and had me autograph something for him. And I'm like, dude, I'm nobody, but okay. I'll sign it for you. It, it was great, great. I loved him. I loved him a lot. Yeah, yeah. You fun. know when, when I was uh, before I came in and I was just attending shows and doing recaps and stuff like that for Ring Scoops. Um, I was I went to a Covina show. I think it was the uh, the Inland Title Tournament in 2010, and there was a moment where that. Uh, that kid, uh, the lady's grandson, had grabbed a steel chair and started marching towards the ring. And like I had never met Jake at this point, right? I didn't know who he was. But all of a sudden, I see this big, tall, bald guy walk right up to him. And as this kid's about to swing the chair, Jake just grabbed the chair and just kept walking like like nothing had ever happened. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, what is going on here? This is such a wild night. <laughs> That is crazy. Yeah, Jake. Jake is definitely, definitely a very tall, menacing sight. If you don't know him, yes, yeah. yes, he is. Absolutely, especially and when he's like really in shape, like ring shape, and he gets jacked up too. And and then whether, regardless of whether it was his um, 
no hold barred stuff, or even when he was the booker, if Red looked at you cross-eyed, you ran. Yeah. You did not want to be anywhere near him if he lost his temper. Well, you know what's funny, too, is I remember a couple of times, I think it was in Yukaipa, when Jake would actually wrestle and cracked me up when he did his Alexander the Brute gimmick. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> With that big flowing blonde wig. And, oh, my gosh. It was hysterical. One of my all-time favorite YouTube clips is watching um, Alexander the Brute kill DK Murphy. <laughs> just dropped him and broke his neck almost. Well, let's be honest. Seeing DK Murphy getting broken by anybody is fun. I still loved it when uh, after the one of those shows, he took on um, DK took on Tommy Wilson, and he had Tommy Wilson's boot tattooed on his face for a week. Oh yeah, you you did not mess with the Mega King. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I it, did, but <laughs> it, it, it's funny that you mentioned DK with with a boot in the face. That reminds me of a time when we were at the old LA, uh, the San Bernardino Sports Arena, and it was old school back in the day, EWF. And I want to say it was the Mercenaries versus it was Bob Bradley Jr. and Christopher Daniels, and there was a tag match. Now, mind you. The Fallen Angel and Bob Bradley Jr. are the faces. So, rewind a few minutes, like I said before, we cheered the hills. Well, Bob Bradley Jr. decided to call my friend out, who was in the front row with us, who was aspiring to become a wrestler. He wanted to graduate when we were, it was, this was his senior year, it was our uh, junior year. He was planning on graduating from high school and going to wrestling school. Well, Bob Bradley Jr. decided to call him out. And my friend's not small. By no stretch of the imagination. And so he stood up. So Bob Bradley Jr. opened the ring ropes for him. So my friend started to climb through the ropes. Oh, no. Bob (laughs) Bradley Jr. kicked him square in the face. Super hard. When he went flying back, got stuck in his chair, yeah. and all our friend did, he was just like this. He <laughs> fucking kicked me. I can't believe he fucking kicked me. And the funny part is, years later, when Bob Bradley Jr. got initiated into the EWF Hall of Fame, Ron and I had the opportunity to ask him, do you remember this? Sure as shit, he remembered it. <laughs> yeah, that's it awesome. Was, yeah, he's like, he's like, Did you tell your friend sorry. I was taking a lot of steroids at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, man. but yeah, I mean, I personally, I've been in the, I've been a wrestling fan since I was young. You know, I, I remember WrestleMania one. I became a fan shortly after WrestleMania one, and um. I had the pleasure of my, my aunt lived in Portland at the time and she actually moved out to California. She's the one that got me into wrestling and she would tell me all the time about the Portland scene. And this is back in the day with like Billy Jack Haynes and Roddy Piper was out in Portland and she was telling me about dog collar matches and everything. And she introduced me to wrestling and she was actually the first person to ever take me to my first live wrestling match too. 
It was nice. 1989. It was in February of 89 at the Anaheim Convention Center. And I remember it to this day because the main event was Hulk Hogan versus the big boss man for the world title inside the blue steel cage. Oh, nice. Yes. And it, it was awesome. It was, And like I said, I, I must have been, well, 89, I was like 11 or 12, you know, and I've been a fan ever since. And it's funny because I get friends to tell me all the time, like when I've been telling them I'm going to go to WrestleMania this year, they're like, you know, that's fake, right? Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, duh, hello. But guess <laughs> what? It's my soap opera. Yeah. I'm like, it's the male soap opera to me. I mean, I said, I've been watching it for going on 39 years. I can't stop now. Unless Rey yeah. Mysterio is the world champion. <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't get started on Rey Mysterio. But... I cannot stand Rey Mysterio. Why? What did Rey do to you? He is, he won the world title. That's what he did to me. <laughs> I swear to you, when he won the world title, there's only been two times that I have stopped watching wrestling. I vowed the minute Rey Mysterio won that world title, I stopped watching. I think it was Raw at the time. Until he lost the title. I would not watch Raw. The only other time I ever did that was the first time Diamond Dallas Page won the WCW world title. Whoa, hold on a minute now. What do you got against Diamond Dallas Page? I couldn't stand him at the time. You know why? He was a baby face. Oh, oh rewinded 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he was the triad, I loved him. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. He won his world title in April 99, right? That, that, he was a heel at that point. His first world title, he was a baby face. Yeah, first time he was a face. It was later he won as a heel, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, I think that only lasted like a week, too. Yeah. I think the week later, right? Well, Flair yeah, I got was it lucky enough that I didn't have to stop watching WCW that long. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, <laughs> my problem with Rey Mysterio Jr. is this. He benefited. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I take nothing away from him. He's a great athlete. He is by far first ballot Hall of Famer. No question about it. If WCW had a Hall of Fame, he'd go in there too. And he can go into AAA's Hall of Fame as well. I don't take nothing away from him at all. My problem with Rey Mysterio is he was gifted the world title because Eddie died. Uh, I mean, that's I could see your point, and that's a, it, you can make an, a big argument about that. I think that he was still being groomed to go to win the Rumble. Whether or not he was going to win at WrestleMania, that remains to be seen. But I do think that he was possibly going to win the Rumble. I, I don't argue with that. Because yeah. look how long they kept him with the cha- the the Royal Rumble streak. You know, the 62 minutes. Yeah. It finally got broken this year. I just feel that if you were going to push somebody and give the world title to them, because Eddie died, it should have been Chavo. And Chavo didn't deserve the world title, though, either. Don't get me wrong. No. You know what? I, th- I Here's what I think the original plan was back in the day, and I could totally be off base on this. 
But remember the rumors around the time that Eddie had passed that they were going to give Eddie another title run. And I think maybe he would have got the belt. Ray would have won the rumble and then they would have had a rematch from the year before at WrestleMania and it'd be for the world title. And Ray possibly could have won the belt off of Eddie. Possibly. Very possible. Very possible. I mean, then, come on, but let's not. We had the, uh, see, we had the ladder match in which to this day, it is still disputed whether or not we actually found out who jail Down's father really was. It's Eddie. Yeah, that's <laughs> awfully hard to argue, especially now. I'm the pappy. <laughs> hey, don't, don't mess with him. He, you know, he had a hard time in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah Ex-Don yeah. Con, leave him alone. Ex-Con Don, leave him alone. There you go. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, I'm not going to argue the fact. I mean, look at 1989 Halloween Havoc, I think it was, or was it 93 Havoc, where it was Eddie versus Ray for the Cruiserweight yeah, title. That, that was 93. Yeah, 93, when Ray came out in the all-purple all purple, uh, uh, outfit. Wait, what? That was, uh, that was, that was 93. I don't oh, think they were wrestling. No, it was 96, I think. Yeah, 96 or 97. 96. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was right, right around there. But yeah. I mean, that, that right there, I ain't even gonna lie. That's one of my top 10 all-time favorite matches. Yeah. I mean, hands down. But I'm also the guy that can't stand... The Brett versus Sean Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12. What? That is the most overrated match of all time. Oh Far my enough. God, you guys are breaking my heart tonight. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, you, you know why? What's that? There is no such thing as overtime in an Iron Man match. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I, my, my problem with it was more that it was 59 minutes of mostly rest holds and just was boring as hell. And no lie, we were talking to our friend Chris about this and he, he and our buddy Art, this was their first mania they went to. And we're like, what took the army match? It's like, that's when I went and bought my souvenirs. There's no line. Yeah. During, during, the, main during the main event? During the main event. Wow. Well, I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, I probably would have done the same thing if I was like at the arena. I, you know, I, 15 minutes in, I probably would have been like, well, you know, I guaranteed 45 more minutes of this. I can go do something. Yeah. yeah and I think my biggest problem with the Iron Man, that Iron Man matches, I hate the fact that it ended one nothing. Yeah. I can't stand one nothing Iron Man matches. There's, don't call it an Iron Man match. Just call it a one limit, a uh, one hour time limit, and then just let them go and then finish the match the way you did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love the match, I mean, you guys do make great points on that. Um, it was a lot of rest holds. <laughs> like the last 10 minutes of the match was like a lot of good action to it. Um, they could have paced themselves out a bit differently. I'm pretty sure they would probably agree with that as well themselves going back and looking at it. Um, it is kind of sad that we were robbed of like a traditional good long like when i say long obviously iron man match that's long yeah. but you guys know what i mean when i say this like given the, the right amount of time to go out there and just put on a really good baby face versus baby face match because they could have done that and oh, just yeah. tore it down 100 percent. rewind a couple of years earlier the survivor series when it was brett versus sean 
for Brett's Intercontinental title? No, it was for the world title, and Sean had just won the IC belt, and Brett had just won the world. Yeah, 92? Yeah. 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 That was a great match. Hands down a great match. But, I mean, to call that an Iron Man match is my problem. To me, an Iron Man match is Ravishing Rick Rude versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Or his one with Dustin Rhodes. Those were both amazing. Yeah. You know, even the Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar on SmackDown Iron Man match. Yeah. Was great. I mean, I still get a ration of shit from my buddy Carl about that match because, you know, I would see the spoilers all the time. And he would be like, oh, don't spoil it for me. Don't spoil it for me. I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I won't spoil it for you. I didn't read the whole thing. I was like, just don't worry about it. All I'm going to tell you is it's a good match and and it ends 5-3. And he's like, all right, cool. (laughs) Well, the problem is, Kurt, I think it was, who who won that? Uh, Brock won that. No, Kurt won that one. I don't don't remember, honestly. Brock got three before Kurt even got two. So my buddy's like, oh, well, I know who wins now. (laughs) And I was like, well, sorry, bro. He still gives me a ration of shit to this day about it. I would too, man. You know, because that that reminds me of when I was a kid one year for Christmas, I I begged my mom and dad to let us open up a present on Christmas Eve, me and my brothers, and they did. And we were like, holy crap, we've got like two Nintendo games. But wait a minute, we don't have a Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. So like I get it, man. I would I would jazz you on that to this day too. So yeah, it's like um speaking of our friend Carl, that actually reminds me of one of my fondest live wrestling memories. Rob Carl and I went to SmackDown the night that um Engel returned from his injury. And the funny thing was Carl had blown out his voice from a, one of the early matches. It was dark- a dark match. It was a dark match for Billy freaking Gunn, of all people. And <laughs> by the time we get to the You Suck, he's like, my voice is gone. Dude, yeah, but remember, remember, I lost my voice somewhat, too, like two matches into it because Ultimo Dragon. Yes, Ultimo made his debut. That was good stuff. And, then the, oh and I was a huge Ultimo mark. Huge. That, oh, gosh. that the best, Oh, that Mr. America fiasco. Oh. I, I, I loved... When they brought in the Mr. America thing and they had Roddy Piper come out with uh, Sean O'Hare. Yes. And they ripped the leg right off of uh, Zach Gowan. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm pretty sure that was that night, wasn't it? Oh, I, don't know. Yeah, I don't But yeah, the, the leg of O'Hare was a huge missed opportunity. So much oh, yeah. potential there. Hey, Those promos were great. That you don't already know. Yeah. Oh, what a great catch line, man. Yes. Yeah. You know, it was perfect, too, because he was a young Piper. You know? Like Piper's always used to always say, you know, when you think you've got all the answers, I change all the questions. Yeah. You know, same situation, you know? I mean, Sean O'Hare, definitely, definitely very underrated talent. Yeah. Same with uh, his former partner in WCW, um, he wrestled as Mark Colleone uh, down in AAA. Oh, uh, Gingerak. Yes. Yeah, Mark yeah. Gingerak. And yeah. it's that's actually a fun story that he tells when they did the um, Evolution deal. And he's like, uh, <laughs> they did the videos and everything. And he's like, then I realized, I can't handle this. I am not, not ready for this. 
Yeah. And it's what you wonder how different history would have been if they had done Jinrak instead of Batista. Yeah. I, you know, I love, I love playing games of like, what if, like, what if the curtain call had never happened and Triple H got uh, King of the Ring instead of Stone Cold that yes. year? Oh, yeah. That's, that's a crazy. I, Austin to this day would not be what he was. No, not at all, man. He would have been Baron Von Chill or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chili McFreeze. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, wait, what got you into wrestling? Oh, what got me into wrestling? Oh God, I was like four years old and my, uh, my uncle George came to babysit myself and my brothers and my <coughs> uncle George was big into wrestling and he just turned on Saturday night's main event one night, let us stay up late. And if I'm not mistaken, like my earliest memory was seeing, and I don't think this match even took place on that. I think this was like a recap of like SummerSlam, but, um, seeing, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage and Zeus, Taking on Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan in the steel cage. Yeah, that was that was that SummerSlam. Yeah, eighty nine, right? Uh-huh. Yes. No. Yeah. No holds barred. The movie, the match. Yeah, because I remember that when that happened, they were cross promoting with the movie. Yeah. I remember going to the movie theater um, out in Marino Valley to see the movie, and uh, dude, I was like, I was hooked. I think I w- I might have watched wrestling a little bit before that, and was kind of like, oh, this is cool. But when I saw the movie Hold No Holds Barred and the connection between that and, and WWF, I was I was hooked from there. Yeah, well it could have been worse, you know. At least at least he was Zeus there, not Z Gangsta. <laughs> <laughs> and stuck and stuck hanging around with a mummy humping Hogan's leg for some apparent reason. Oh man. You know, I got a funny story actually about uh Zeus. Uh back in uh God, what was it? 2019, January 2019. Um, Dave and Buster's in Ontario. They were doing the uh, pay-per-view parties where they bring in right. a, a superstar and whatnot. They do the meet and greets and all that. And I was invited in every month to those to do uh, coverage live on ring scoops for it and everything. And I was there. It was for the Royal Rumble. And Zeus was there as the uh, highlighted guest. And I was streaming it live on Twitch. And people were asking him questions about movies and stuff. And he started talking about, you know, getting to work on doing a a third Friday movie. I mean, a fourth Friday movie, the final Friday. Yeah. And then the Disney movies that he voiced over. And they were going to do some of those. A couple of days later, I get a call (laughs) from the manager at Dave and Buster's who was informed by Zeus's manager need to yank that footage because he was talking all kinds of stuff that wasn't supposed to be let out to the public. Oh, sure. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I don't know how that's my problem because you guys should have known that I had a live mic and a camera. So it's already out there too. Because a lot of big Disney websites picked up on it because my buddy DA is a big Disney guy. He took the clip and he sent it to all the sites and they picked (laughs) up on it. So the news was out there. Oh, that, speaking speaking uh. of stuff being spoiled, that <laughs> reminds me. We went to the um, Orange Show a couple nights before the Saturday night's main event. No, no, it was the day of. Oh, yeah, day of. You're right. Okay, anyways. but The point day of. Is, I, know where, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, is Sean, Sean wrestled a match. He didn't have the belt with him, but then when he went no, out. No, he didn't have the belt with him. Oh, but then Finkel, Finkel. But my favorite part of that was Finkel made the announcement. The new Intercontinental Champion, Sean Michaels. Has left the building. We're like, 
isn't he wrestling Bulldog for the belt tonight? What? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that the same Saturday Night's main event where we realized how racist Skinner is? Yes. Yes, that is wow. the one. So, okay, to um, do a little backstory, we would go to the Orange Show with our buddy Chris and our buddy Sean. And Sean is decently sized guy, very, very black. And Skinner, as you know, was a guy from the wetlands or whatever the hell his gimmick was supposed to be. So he's walking down the ring, and I don't remember what Sean said to him, but he literally turned, put his boot on the rail, shine my shoots, boy! We're like, oh, we're like, wait, what? Yeah. The worst part about it, if I'm not mistaken, Sean was praising Skinner. Yes. <laughs> because Sean, like us, we love Hills. Yeah. He was a huge Skinner fan. For some inexplicable reason, he liked Skinner. I couldn't tell you why, but <laughs> he loved Skinner, and Skinner told him to shine my shoes, boy. Oh, man. And we were like, what? If that happened nowadays, oh, my God. God, oh, <laughs> in the social yeah. media era, somebody catches that, you're done. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad social media wasn't huge when I first came in doing streaming at EWF with my big blunder. <laughs> oh, gosh. Such, such good time. Yeah. I remember I went to a orange show after, um, after the um, Fuji had sold um, Warlord when he was doing that. Um, Stupid thing with the wand and whatnot, and my I went with my cousin Ruley, and he literally looked at him. And I remember him going, "Damn, Mister Clean got big!" Oh wow! <laughs> well, it's funny too. Have you ever had the opportunity to see the Undertaker live? Who me? Yeah. Uh yeah, I was I was in attendance when Brock beat him. Oh wow! So, well, that wouldn't be a good example then. So for us. I don't know what they did, but back in the day when Undertaker would show up at the Orange Show, so where we would always sit, you know, most fans want to sit in the front row and all that. Yeah. No, not us. We went general admission. We got there early enough, and we went up against the guardrail where the wrestlers walked out. Well, I swear to you, when the Undertaker showed up, the room temperature dropped. Oh, wow. I don't know if they, like, turned on the AC or what, but it was like, I don't know. It was, like, literally the gimmick. Yeah, it, it went it, a good, I'd say, 20 degrees chillier just for that yeah, match. It was crazy. I would believe that they would do that because – one thing that Vince and the company was always really good at, uh, even to this day, is setting the mood. Yes. And that really would set the mood to lower the temperature like that. I mean, come on. Think about it. Your room goes dark. You've got purple lights. You <laughs> drop the temperature 30 degrees, and all you hear is, dung. <laughs> yeah. How are you not going to get chills up and down your spine? I mean, gosh. I mean, just thinking about it gives me chills from back in the day. And yeah. 
well before there was an Ontario, they the Orange Show is where they ran everything. They did Raw the night after Mania at the Orange Show. It's the night that um, Mankind debuted. Oh, yeah, back in 96. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, the first wrestling show that I ever attended was in December 1990, and it was at the Orange Show. Uh, the, main, the main event, I want to say it was Big Boss Man versus uh, uh, maybe Haku. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but the, the one match I do vividly remember, and this was the night that I became a Shawn Michaels fan, it was uh, the Rockers versus Power and Glory. Yep. And when the Rockers came out to the ring, Shawn Michaels had a cast on his leg, yeah. so they changed it into a singles match, Marty Jannetty versus Paul Roma. Towards the end of the match, the finish was Shawn jumped up on the apron, took the cast off, cracked it over Paul Roma's head. Marty rolled him up for the victory. Oh, yeah. What's, that oh, was, that's right. The... um. Angle they explained it supposedly didn't Power and Glory jump him in the showers or something like that. It was something like that, yeah. But it, I will never forget that moment at that event. I became a Shawn Michaels mark for for life on that. Oh night. yeah, Shawn, dude. Shawn's one of my all time favorites. Shawn, you know, he's one of the few that healer face. I love him. Yeah, you know. But prime example, I'm a huge. And I mean, if I could, I could even show you right now. I have a wrestling figure, probably about six feet tall, of the late great Mister Perfect. Wow! And I love Mister Perfect, but yeah. face Mister Perfect. Yeah, not a fan. You know, it, it's the face thing. You know, I don't know what it is about it. I think it's 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 the gaga to in the to the fans. Like I said earlier with the EWF, I'm a huge, huge RJ Mark, as we all are. Yeah. But when they split up the A-list and he started coming out with the fucking camouflage vest and was the baby face. I had to do the thing that I never thought I would do, and I had to boo him. And then I would apologize to him later that night on Xbox Live. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he would promptly threaten to shoot Rob in the back. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gotten shot quite a few times in the back of the head between RJ and Lalo and, and Liger. So. Oh, gosh, that was so much fun. Hey, I know how it feels. I was playing Red Dead one time, and all of a sudden, uh, I get hogtied out of nowhere. I hear some laughing, and it's RJ and Liger. They had popped into the game that I was in and decided to fuck with me. So, <laughs> yeah, see, they're they great for that. They're great for that. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I was live streaming on Twitch at that time too. So when it happened, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Who are these guys?" <laughs> and then they start laughing, and I'm like, "Ah, you bastards." <laughs> But as much as we love RJ, I have to say, at least in my personal opinion, Jeremy was criminally underrated for how good he was. Absolutely, oh, man. By all means. You yeah. know, I, I, I go back to, I think it was your podcast either with Mondo or Tommy. And I think it was probably Mondo. I think the A-List and Mondo Vega write characters wrong wrong era i would Most agree with definitely. that yeah you know they 
it, I think it was Mondo. I think it was Mondo that said it. If those guys were around doing it today with AEW around, I think we would have seen more of them on the big screen, you know, on the TV. I mean, prime example, I, I don't I don't know if Ron was there, and I don't think – I think this is the one EWF show that Ron missed. I had the pleasure of getting to see the KOS at the time of Lovato and Parker versus the Young Bucks at, at EWF. No, I, no, I saw that. Yeah. So you were there. Okay. Yeah. So we got to see that, and the show that those four put on, oh, my God. You know, and and I know Brandon Parker went on to do other stuff. You know, he pretty much left the business altogether, you know, and Tim did too. I mean, I used to talk to Tim all the time on the phone, and he used to scare the living crap out of his mother with some of the stuff that he would do. Really? She was just always so worried about him, yeah. But those guys, if it was now with AEW, they they would be there. They would be there for sure. Yeah, and guys like Chris Cadillac, definitely. Yes. Oh, Caddy, absolutely. And yeah, it, I love that guy. It honestly shocks me that aside from a few one-shots on Dark, they haven't signed Rosas. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge yeah. opportunity. Dude, they've got a, one of the greatest tag teams of all time opportunity in P.P. Yes. Ray. P.P. Yeah. Ray, all day. And it's funny that he says that because I remember when we first started going back to EWF, we would constantly, we, we couldn't take Peter Avalon seriously. We're like, what is, what is this guy? He looks like he'd be broken in half. This is a wrestler? Really? Coming out yeah. in his brown members only jacket? Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. And that's the, that's the era of Captain America, Freddie Bravo. Oh, man. Yep. Oh, I that remember was the, that. That was the era of uh, RJ is actually Lance Bass. Yes. Oh, Eddie Madsen is Icarus Eagle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Before it's... before he was looking for his dad with the posters and flyers. Yes, I remember yes. that. <laughs> and his whole little, you know, he used to put his arm under his armpit before he shook your hand. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> right. nope. nope. that's okay. You know, you could see Eddie Madsen wandering the streets of Redlands every once in a while, especially if it's board game night there on the, you know, the Boulevard. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> I was I was sitting at the gourmet pizza shop one time in Redlands, enjoying dinner, and all of a sudden Eddie Madsen comes walking by, and he stopped. He looked through the window and saw me, and he came in and had a one hour discussion with me, and I just yeah, wanted to shoot myself in the head, man. It was I it was don't horrible. Don't blame you. Don't blame you at all. <laughs> you know, but Garrett's Garrett. I mean, let's be honest. He's one yeah. of a kind. He's definitely 100% one of a kind. And he's definitely, he, at least when he was Eddie Madsen, he believed in kayfabe. Yes, absolutely. You know, I'll give the guy credit. You know, we used to stay after, because I used to take my kids all the time. You guys know that. Yeah. You know, when they were younger. And, you know, he was one of the ones that, yeah, he would shake your hand after the event, but it would be a reluctant handshake. It's one of those. Hey, I'm only shaking your hand because it, it's it's the right thing to do for the business type situation. <laughs> yeah. You know, he definitely would not break kayfabe. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was one time my kids, 
this was back um i think actually right before you came about wade there was uh nwa um oh no no it was wcwc or something anyway they were out in like up north or whatever yeah and, in oregon yeah and herb was there yeah herb craft yep and he actually on two different occasions paid my kids each 20 bucks to do interviews backstage interviews and you know they both got to interview who they wanted and everything and even back then eddie madsen you know it's behind the scenes he stayed he stayed kayfabe i mean that's one thing that he definitely did i'll give him credit and i and i will absolutely give him credit until i'm blue in the face he was not afraid to do anything to help that company pass out flyers tear down the whole ring drive the ring truck it didn't matter he would do it yeah, that that he was he was the uh, million mile man right there. He he did everything. We went to wrestle reunion one time. We gave him a ride out there, and he had like a backpack full of flyers. You know, and that's what he wanted to go there for. He didn't want to go there for the the events there at wrestle reunion. He wanted to go there to flyer. So he get remember he gave us a half a stack, and we went around flyering as well. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I always learned in the business or early on is that nobody's bigger than the business itself. Nobody's bigger than the promotion you work for. Um, if if you're able to do anything, do it. If it's uh, taking a couple chairs down when you know you're you're tearing up the night afterwards, yeah. you know, do it. There's somebody always watching. It's respectful. Um, people will make make mental notes of that. And Garrett. You're right. He did everything. He did. You didn't even have to ask him. He would just go do it because it was something that needed to be done, and he would understand that, and he would recognize that. Yeah, and you know what? And that's the one thing I'll say about Jesse. Jackie, Jesse recognized it too. Yeah. He he one hundred percent did. He recognized it. Yeah. He did absolutely, man. Um. Well. I'm sorry. And real, real quick, it's just I, I'm sure you've seen it, Wade, and I don't know if you've covered it in your podcast or not, but I think such a great talent, and I'm so glad to see he's recovering and doing so well. Tom, Tommy Wilson was great then, and just such an amazing story how he's made it all the way back and he's probably better now. Yes. See, now you just made me mad, Ron. But, how are you going to be on Wade's podcast and not have listened to Tommy Wilson, RJ, <laughs> Or Mondo. <laughs> to be truthful, I didn't really know this podcast existed, honestly. I will certainly add yeah. it to my rotation. Well, they, they are long podcasts, too. I think Tommy and I went, what, like two, two and a half hours? Yeah, Tommy was about two, two and a half hours. Mondo's was that long, too. And yeah. then, you know, what we really That's found out, said. too, is that, um, you know, RJ and, and Tommy have a hall pass. They do. They have a hall pass for each other. They do. <laughs> I believe it. We're going to try to get that, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe Ring Scoops will open up an account over on Chatterbait or something, and we can uh, get them there on there. There you go. There you right. go. Yeah, little OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Make the, dream, make the dream a reality. Yeah. All the, it'd be like the following announcement has been paid for by ringscoops.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Shoot. Oh man. All right, guys. Uh, before we uh, head out, cause we're kind of running out of time here. Uh, do you guys have any, uh, shout outs, plugs, uh, words of advice for anybody out there listening? 
No, you know, just remember the biggest thing I could say is just remember you're only as young as you feel and and you're never and you're you're always as old as you feel. I mean, I'm gonna be forty eight years old and you know what? I don't feel it. I still play video games, I still go to wrestling events, you know, live life to the fullest because you know what? You never know, you're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. And absolutely. And I think um, Jeff Jarrett said it best when it comes to, you mentioned it earlier that you know it's fake. For those that believe, no explanation is needed. For those that doubt, no explanation is ever good enough. That's, that's, those are great words right there. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. Well, Rob and Ron, thank you guys so much for taking time out to be in on the Ring Scoops podcast. I really do appreciate it. Most um, definitely. Oh, we, we all gotta we gotta get together for lunch sometime, man. Well, you're you're gonna be moving to my neck of the woods again. I won't have to deliver Domino's pizza to you this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Going back to Cal State. Yes, yes. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Ironically, wearing my Cal State, you know, shirt today. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. You're going to be in my neck of the woods, so, I mean, definitely we can get together. I mean, obviously, Ron can't because, you know. I'll be in town all week before Mania, so we'll see what happens. All righty. Yeah. You know what? I'll go out there and meet up with you guys WrestleMania weekend. I mean, I may not go to the show, but I still got, you know, bus passes to get out that way. So There you go. Well, you know, you can always plan to go to the busted open, uh, the busted open party, you know. I don't know if I'd want to subject myself to uh, what's his name that runs it. Uh, Dave LaGreca. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of Dave LaGreca after what he did to Larry Dallas. Yeah, but you know what? I'm a huge fan of Bully Ray. Uh, yeah, Bully Ray's got me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> I have no idea why. I found out recently, like somebody replied to him, and I'm like, "What do they reply to?" And I went to the profile on, on the Ring Scoops one. And I saw his bully Ray. He blocked my my personal one, and I'm like, "What did I ever do to him?" Because he said, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> There's only one person I know why I'm blocked, and that's Dixie Carter. And I know exactly when, where, and why she blocked me. And it's words that I cannot repeat in public. <laughs> yeah, but does it really break your heart? It's Dixie freaking Carter. I don't know, man. I shot some. I, I spit some game at her a couple months ago on Instagram. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie, man. I tap that. What? I, I like well, a little southern sweet tea. <laughs> All right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the Rinkskis podcast. Here, uh, I would like to thank uh, Rob and Ron for taking time out to be on the show, guys. Don't forget check out uh, Ring Scoops on all the major social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff. Snapchat as well at uh, Ring Scoops. Also, check out shop.ringscoops.com for all the Ring Scoops apparel needs. We got t shirts, glassware, pillows, all that good stuff. Masks, too. You know, probably don't need them now. Um, and also, go to ringscoops.com and find the link for the Ring Scoops card game coming up on the two year anniversary. And pretty soon, we're going to be giving away five copies of the Ring Scoops card game. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Webmaster Wade Needham. Thank you. Good night. And be cool. <laughs>